Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome back to the fifth and last podcast, and let's kick things off with some news. With Kevin Kingston on the outer at Penrith, uh, the Panthers had a meeting earlier in the year about players they were going to be letting go. Kingston wasn't part of that, but apparently has been tapped on the shoulder and let know Penrith may be after Keating, Matt Keating from Parramatta. Also, the Raiders throwing their hat in there with Keating only being offered one year from Para. So interesting to see what happens there. Uh, On to the Sharks, finally. Carney re-signs, a bit of late news, we know, uh, for a couple of years there. And also Bakuya, who is leaving the Sharks for a two-year deal with the New Zealand Warriors. And obviously from that Carney deal, someone's going to have to go. So Anthony Tupo, who's been there for an age on Bitcoin, is on the outer. It's said that he will be heading to the UK or the Parramatta Eels. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that one. But on to other news, the ongoing saga with Dugan is obviously over as well, signing with the Dragons for the rest of the year. But keep your eye out for the next few weeks for Adam Quinlan who debuted on the weekend obviously had a good game uh, he's off contract so wait and see what happens with him also the Titans and the Warriors stepped up talks with Sam Tompkins this week obviously the man who asked for a million dollars which he definitely does not deserve but every club has just about pulled their head out of the ring bar the Titans and the Warriors uh, and it's been said that the Titans have really stepped up their game and uh, are going gun-ho for him so once again interesting to see what happens with that situation Bryson Goodwin at the Rabbitohs may move on after being in great form for the Bunnies this year. It's said that there's not too much room left in the cap, and as much as he wants to stay, he's become quite sorter after in the market and could go after some decent money. So have to wait and see what happens there with the Rabbitohs and Bryson Goodwin. Felipe Mateo, another ongoing one. It's been said his future's going to be ironed out in the next few weeks with obviously the Warriors wanting him to stay but money being offered from the Panthers and the Dragons. So once again, no one's really a favourite at the moment. Apparently he misses his Sydney family and friends but is very, very happy in New Zealand so it could go either way. Michael Wayman, he also may be on the way out of the Dragons. Apparently contract negotiations have stalled and it's very possible that he may be heading to the Newcastle Knights so we'll keep our ear to the ground for that one. Ben Hunt re-signed a two-year deal at the Brisbane Broncos. You'd have to think that's a defensive move with Norman leaving, Prince getting older and being injured, and they haven't got on the market for any other halves. So uh, that's an interesting one, but long-term, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. The Tigers' dramas just continue. Not only is Benji Marshall being benched and very unhappy, but Jacob Miller obviously falling out with uh, Mick Potter. He's headed to Hull FC for the next two and a half years and just on that Benji subject uh, there's talk that Parramatta and Penrith may be talking to Benji Marshall at the possibility of getting there but the price tag of almost $800,000 a year may not be what will be offered to him unlike the Tigers a few weeks ago there was word he was getting offered $4 million over five years so 
We'll have to wait and see how this plays out with Benji Marshall, but uh, plenty of problems at the Tigers at the moment. Mitch Rain re-signed today for three years with the Dragons, which is great news for them. Uh, they've recruited strongly, and obviously he's one of their better young players, so really good work for them, and he, he's a great player. And uh, last but not least, we move on to some suspensions from this week. Obviously, the Jared Rhea Hargrave situation. He's taken an early guilty plea and will miss five weeks, which is a huge blow for the Sydney Roosters, seeing as though they're already without Sam Muller, his front row partner. Uh, Darcy Lussick, he got two games for running into that fight in the Parramatta Brisbane game on the weekend. Andrew Everingham, he's got two games for his shoulder charge on Matt, Ballin, uh, Matt Bowen sorry, on Friday night. And there was three players that were cleared. Mossy Masoy was cleared of unnecessary pressure to the neck. Jake Friend was cleared for his high contact. And Josh McGuire was cleared of his striking charge in that Parramatta-Brisbane melee. So that's all your news for this week. So let's jump into the podcast and kick things off with the Fast Five. starting off with a fast five for this week and my high uh, has to be the Penrith and Parramatta sides getting wins up this weekend or I said it earlier in the year that those two sides with the big junior pools should be up there somewhere in the eight and it's nice to see both of them win two in a row. Yeah my high was the Panthers huge upset win there we were out there on Sunday night watching that having a couple of beers on the uh, on the hill and uh, as as much as Melbourne were off their game uh, Penrith yep. you know they really put in a, a great effort and that's the a sign of things to come, I think, for Panther fans. Yeah, full credit to the Panthers. They did a good job. And you said a few beers. I had a million beers because yeah. that really really hurt being a Storm supporter. Yeah, well, we needed uh, a few afterwards to, um, you know, mm. get our head around what had just happened. Mm. Well, my low for this week, and I know plenty of people have been whinging about it saying leave them alone, but the refereeing, it's just way too inconsistent. I know we need them. People out there always go, oh, but we need referees. No shit, Sherlock. Sort it out. Like, it. it's not rocket science, but... Just consistency, that's all I want. I know everyone wants it, and it's pretty hard to come by at the moment. Yeah, well, mine was two instances in the same topic. Jarabiri Hargreaves a send-off last night. It's created a lot of debate today, and it will probably for the rest of this week. I had no problem with the send-off as such. I thought it was a high tackle. Um, you know, fair enough, send him off. But my issue with that is, is that we've seen in weeks gone by, and we will see in future weeks... Uh, instances which are much worse than that that will not be send-offs. Mm. So that's the issue for me. The other one was a no-try. William Zillman in the Titans-Dragons game, Wally Lewis in commentary said it was a worse, uh, almost a worse obstruction decision he's seen, and I tend to agree with him. And Johnny Cartwright blew up. It's first, probably the first time in a couple of years I've seen Carty so uh, openly uh, critical of the referees after the game, and um, rightfully so. As a Titans fan, I was filthy with that, and it, you know, it could have cost us a game. Mm. Well, my player of the week, I couldn't separate two New South Welshmen that have possibly been in the team. That's Jared Hayne and Blake Ferguson. Fergo just on fire. Got a hat-trick on the weekend. Made his opposition. Tahu look stupid. Uh, great signs. Hopefully he continues that. And Jared Hayne, uh, I'm a bit disappointed it shouldn't take for someone to say that you're going to be in the Origin team as the fullback to play a game like that. But he was outstanding. I'll give him that. Yeah, Hayne was excellent. That field goal, what a play that was. Mm. Uh, mine was Blake Ferguson, obviously. I, I smashed him on the podcast when him and uh, Dugan got into a little bit of strife at the start of the year. I said basically he was, he was whizzing his talent up against the wall. And um, it's good to see him put in two uh, performances back-to-back. But I think for to be picked for New South Wales, he needs to do it more consistently. 
Um, out of the Penrith game, I thought Adam Docker, he got the man of the match award in that game. He was excellent as well. Yep, definitely agree with you there on uh, Adam Docker. And uh, my dance for the week, and I'm pretty sure yours is the same, is uh, Peter Wallace. Not so much on his game, uh, although he didn't have a good one, but the little clip on the way through from Allgood that he milked as a dive turned into a fight, which has got three players up for suspension this week. And uh, I'm just not a big fan of when people lay down, especially when you watch the replay. It makes him look stupid. And I think... The refs need to adopt something similar to what the, the Premier League does. They call it simulation. When someone takes a dive, they get cards or they get in trouble for it. I think that should be looked at by the referees in the NRL. Yeah, we had this conversation last night on the back of watching, obviously, the footage from this game. Wallace, no doubt in my mind he took a dive. No doubt in my mind that the fact that he took a dive probably instigated that fight, uh, which now has all those players up and had Mitchell Allgood sin bin for I'm not really sure <laughs> what he got sin bin for I mean um, did they want him to stand there and be a, uh, a Ben Ross style punching bag I don't know well, but he had a player either side of him and then Maguire hit him clean first yeah. got a second and Lussick like he's a, he's a grub for running in but <laughs> Christ when three people grab your teammate that's what you yeah, do no, fair enough. and he loved fair it enough. he got about five or six uppercuts in <laughs> I, I was a pretty big fan of his work uh, he's swinging so. like a rusty gate mm. but, uh, uh, but it, what you said you're right they need to look at it that's a conversation we had last night if that then goes the other way and Wallace gets penalised for laying down there wouldn't be that issue. No, there wouldn't. But his dive led to Maguire thinking, oh, someone's hit my, my man. He's, yeah, I'll run Two in. of them have grabbed all good to go, yeah. hey, hold up. Maguire's in that zone already. Denny Williams style's just charged over and started <laughs> He's in the Tyson them. zone. Yeah, and then Lussick's just like stink on. He's in from the side throwing them. All good's got his Lussick arms was, Lussick looks for that every game. I'm not he's like lie. a dog with a bone. As soon as the bone lie. hits the ground, he's in there. If they gave all good a chance to swing, watch out, the bloke can't fall. Well, it looked... He needed everyone to move away and meet up yeah. because his arms are so long. He didn't get a chance to throw yeah. one, but I'm telling you, if Maguire wants to do that again, they should have a charity fight, I reckon. That'd be oh. outstanding. Get Lussick in there as well. <laughs> Tag team. Yeah. So what about last week's poll result? The poll uh, last week, obviously, it was based around where we all thought Todd Carney would sign. Obviously, again, our poll got bombed on, uh, I think it was on Friday, the announcement came out. Uh, but before before the signing actually happened, 39 people thought he was going to the Panthers, 36 to the Sharks, and then we had the Dragons, Storm, New Zealand, and any other club. They got less than five result, uh, five votes. So uh, this week's question, it's already up on our Facebook page. We've already had plenty of comments and uh, votes on it, but it's based around Jarabria Hargreaves. Do you think he should have been sent off last night, and do you think that seven weeks, um, which is a possible suspension that he could be facing, is fair? Yeah, well, I've already hit my answer on that one. Mine was no. He does deserve a suspension, don't get me wrong. But if, if Fayoso's double spear is not a send-off and if Inu's spear is not a send-off, like, you know, it's, that's all I'm after. I'm not saying it wasn't bad. It was, but consistency, that's the word. Well, all, the, all the refs need to have a bit of a set guideline which sees decisions like that made consistently on a consistent basis. I'm of two opinions. I, I believe that it was a send-off, technically, by, by the rules, it was a send-off. But you're going to see something like that happen. And, and I made a comment to someone who sent us an email today that I think if that happened 100 times in NRL games over the last 5, 10 years and, and into the future, probably only 25 of them would be send-offs. Mm. So that, that's, the, that's the issue. You, know? I, um, you can sort of get a vibe for what the referees are going to do as well by the conversation they had. Um, you know, you could hear... Matt Check and ask uh, Henry Perinara to be quiet. Um, 
so he could actually hear that yes, it's it's a send off, mm. uh, and I think it was Ashley Klein in the box that gave that advice. So, yeah. I mean, that's all to come out, but um, you know, and as you said, like Faroso's probably had three that were as bad or if not worse than that this year that he's just been put on report for and hasn't been sent off, and obviously the Inu spear tackle. On Inglis, there's probably been four or five this year that should have been sent well, off they, based they, on They that. talk about, like, yeah, it's ad high and he's a bit daisy, but what about someone's neck? Is a neck not as important getting thrown on your head than having someone, you know, maybe club you one in the face? Like, in football, you cop accidental hits all the time in the head. That's yeah. part of it. When you get thrown on your neck, you, know, you can't fix a spine or, or a neck. So if that's a send-off, those spear tackles were yeah, sent The off. referees are there to enforce the rules. Mm. But they need to enforce them consistently. Mm. And that's the key word we yeah. want to drag out of this. So yeah. we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll keep sharing that during the week on NRL Gossip and on our page. So get on that one and vote. 91 votes on the Carney question last week. So uh, the, the polls are definitely getting a bit more of a run, which is good. But for now, we'll uh, jump into our review of the weekend's games that have just gone by. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com All right, jumping straight into the reviews from the weekend's fixtures. Starting off Friday night, the South's Sydney Rabbitohs moved to the top of the ladder, obviously after the Storm lost with a 28-10 win over the Cowboys and uh, 12-4 at halftime. They were looking looking in control of that game and they got away with it 28-10. Uh, obviously, I think we both think that, that that Greg English try was a bit iffy, but at the same time, I still don't think that really had too much of a you know an effect on the on the game. Uh, South Sydney definitely looked like they control seven line breaks to two. Uh, the Cowboys missed forty four tackles to South's ten. Uh, they're just two statistics out of everything that were a bit you know uh, lopsided. But yeah, I, I still just look at the Cowboys and they're just lacking something. I, I can't put my finger on it. I think it's a nine. Yeah. Yeah, the the new nine that they've got over um, more, he's not doing the job for them uh, as as good as what they would have hoped. Um, but for me, South were the best team by a mile for the last sixty minutes. First twenty, they were awful again. Uh, they've been ordinary. Their starts have been ordinary for probably the last two or three weeks. Uh, the Cowboys led four 0 They could have led by more, uh, but that was probably the tail of the tape. The Cowboys didn't bank enough points early when the Rabbitohs were off their game. And then later in the game, they just couldn't convert um, their possession into into points. I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys. It does look like they're lacking a little bit of fluency between the nine and seven. Thurston's still scratching for form, so is Bowen. Um, so you could probably put it down to to all that uh, all those different reasons, I guess. But yeah, well, Souths are great. The only real consistent thing at the moment for the Cowboys is those two front rows, both over a hundred metres again. They're, they're laying the platform, which is the sad thing. But yeah. you know what I'm starting to see? And I know Sims is coming back to form and Tamalolo should be doing more off the bench, but he's not. They're a bit plain in that back row area. Like, I know Dallas Johnson and Cooper are effective in their numbers, but I think they're lacking a little bit of explosion oh, yeah, in, in their back row besides Sims, and they're not getting enough from Tamalolo. Cooper's and not then, playing like he was last year. No, nah, and at the same time, though, like you've said before, I think Bowen is a big key for Jonathan Thurston. He's trying his ass off, don't get me wrong. He, he's having an absolutely yeah, bad go, but he, he's, not you know, he's not getting help from anyone. And, and Bowen in particular, like I know he's got contract dramas, but he needs to, if he wants to get a contract, regardless of the money situation, he needs to pull his finger out. I couldn't sign him. I, I, nah, he I showed me enough. Three errors. He was awful. And he's just giving him no spark at the back. No. Nah. 
that Sims, like I said, uh, along with those two front rowers, are the couple I look at and think they're all doing their job. Um, Cost Jason tries hard at nine, but he's not a natural nine. He, he played more of a 13 role when he was down at the Storm. He's, you know, more of a utility, so... They're missing Seguiara, aren't they, mm. big time? And I, I know you, Payne was a, yeah. a little bit of a linchpin for them, but... But they, they knew that was coming. They well, should they have, let both go. They like, should have adjusted. Like, how, how do you let Seguiara go, though? Mm. Seguiara is an amazing player, but... Uh, I'm going to make, well, a, going to make a statement right now. If this is what they're going to dish up pre-origin, origin time, and afterwards, because they're going to lose players regardless. Mm. Those two front rowers and Thurston, their best players are going. Yeah. They're not making the eight. And yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm at the start of the year, the bloke saying that I think they've got the roster to be in the grand final. So, yeah. But South, on the other hand, Greg Inglis... That guy is just a freak. Like, um, I, I know, and one. Say it every week. It's like I can't help it. But, yeah, but I'm about to say the same thing again. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the Burgesses, 150 meters each, <gasps> a line break each, a try this week to Sam trying to catch up to George because yeah. the big fella's killing him. George broke 12 tackles, and Sam broke seven. Like those two blokes. Uh, Reynolds has a Barry Crocker, but John Sutton steps up and sets two tries up. They don't need. They can yeah. have someone can have an off night at the moment for South, and somebody else does the job. Yeah, um, the other thing, I don't think we've seen the best of Isaac Luke this no, year. No, we haven't. All. We really haven't. Um, he started the season really slow, and as you said, Adam Reynolds. I thought he had a bet on the Cowboys. The mm. way he was playing, he was kicking he was out terrible. the ball, dropping the ball. Uh, he was doing everything he could to yeah, lose no. South the game, and and that's not me bagging him. He no. just had one of those nights. He's a but, great player. But... Um, and as you say, Sutton, he made a line break there at one stage, showed and goed, and thought, um, set up some tries. It was. It was good, just as you said, to see other people contributing. I said it to you the other day, and I know they're talking about re-signing, but I'm enjoying Bryson Goodman at the moment. Yeah, He's moved off a wing, which he was at the Bulldogs, and I think he's he suits that centre role. He's aggressive in defence. He's running the ball well. I think he's someone they should definitely hold on to with Farrell even. He uh, he looks like a ready-made replacement. If not, he better, more consistent is the word I was thinking. But um, yeah. I don't think we need to say too much more about that. They're, they've got enough talent in their side and they, they can have somebody have an off day at the moment. They're definitely on track for a grand final if things stay how they oh, are right now. Definitely. They're, they've been the most consistent team. Now we've seen this inconsistency out of Melbourne. They they lost narrowly to Melbourne at, uh, at ANZ a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, mm. mate, they're, they're well on track. Well, they've um, got they've got a cracker. The they've got a cracker this week because they get the Tigers who are depleted. So you, you'd, you'd have to think that them. they're gonna just going to absolutely unleash this weekend. As far as the Cowboys are concerned, they get the Roosters, who are another fantastic side. But I'm just going to say, don't underestimate it. People knock front rowers' contributions. They're not going to have Jared. They're not going to have Moa. Mm. I'm not going to say... I'm still back on the Roosters, but I think they may struggle a little bit just with those two front rowers because they've been outstanding. Yeah, plus it's up north as well. So, mm. so I'm hoping the Cowboys will dish something up, but I think both the, their teams this week, they've... they've you know, Neil Henry, plenty of work to do, champ. Yeah, hard times ahead. But uh, moving on to the second game, we just mentioned the Tigers, the, the poor buggers. It just doesn't get any better for them. 30-6, to six, they were up six all at half time against the Sharks. Or, they were even, sorry. And then the second half, that has copped an absolute drubbing. Uh, 1,600 metres to 1,100, four line breaks to one. Uh, Corabetti couldn't win under the high ball. He gave two tries away. Tedesco, safe as a bank usually. He had one moment there, which led to another try. So. I still thought Tedesco was good. Oh, he was good. He, he made 155 metres and, and broke seven tackles. Like He had a great game. And Aaron Woods, I'm, I'm broken again, like a record. Well, but 180 metres, 40 tackles. The bloke should be the starting front rower next to uh, James Tarmel. I'll yeah. say a few things about the Tigers. Tedesco was good. Ward's unbelievable. Mm. Farrah carrying the side. Yeah. Benji Marshall. What awful. are you doing? 
Absolutely awful. And this is a game that was as boring as Batshit as far as I was concerned because yep. all the tries were off kicks. The first half it was 6 all. It was just an error fest. Um, to- probably the game came down to Todd Carney's boot, mm. uh, just his accuracy. Two he was relentless. Yeah, relentless with his kicking game, especially out towards that edge of Corabidi. I thought um, uh, Robson was solid. Robson, Jeff Robson's mate. He's yeah picked up his game the last couple of weeks. I, I, I tell you what, I, I know I'm a you know what I'm a, I'm a massive forward buff, and I, I just can't help myself. For feeder, two hundred and ten meters. He he's the other one for me. Those three. That's the New South Wales front row rotation. I know people are looking You'd at Grant. Feeder now. He'd be on the bench for me. Okay. He's ideal for a bench spot. Well, two weeks ago I would have disagreed with you, but I'm warming to it. Well, it's, I, 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 it's him, Grant. You or can't Manor. pick. You can't pick Grant. No, I know. I know. I'm not going to lie. Grant's doing a good job. But they but probably will. That's the thing. To, to, to bust open a game, I think Fafita can break open a game. I don't yeah, think he's, can. he's got an offload on him as well. If you're going to give Nothing someone broken. 25, 30 minutes, Fafita suits that role much better than a Grant or a Mena does, even though they're both playing well. But and are we are we sold on Haynes going to be the fullback, or are we just? I still like Gordon, but yeah. that's not going to happen. They've already told Jared Hain. Laurie Daly needs to just shut his mouth and keep it to himself. To be yeah. honest, I I have not enjoyed. I usually enjoy every year looking at the games and having a bit of wonderment about what's going to happen. But Laurie Daly every week just, just comes out it, yeah. and says, yeah, he's, he's got that spot. Like, well, we're going to talk to Lenny later anyway. He'll give us the inside word. Yeah, but it's annoying when you're watching it and you think someone, even if they're doing okay or not bad and someone else is playing better, but you already know that you're not in. Like, yeah. What are you doing? You're shooting down people before it's even rolled around. Someone gets hurt tomorrow. So yeah, they want to win game one. <sighs> but Luke Lewis, Andrew Fafita... You know, uh, solid uh, young Fecky, Sasai Fecky, he got a double, so good on him. They're surging a little bit, but once again, I can't really give anyone massive credit for putting one over the Tigers. They're, they're just lacking players at the moment. But Well, it's a win for the Sharks. Yeah. Move on. Woods, Farrah, Tedesco. Boring game. Good stuff. So, Nick. Mm. Well, we move on to the Saturday. Two games there. Obviously, started off in uh, Wellington. The Warriors wearing that fantastic jersey, the old Wellington Warriors. I was a big fan of that there in the cake tin, but... 16-6 at half-time, went down 24-16 to the Bulldogs, and I, I can't put my finger on them either. They came out absolutely red-hot and rampant. They got an early try to Lulawai. Fishiahi goes through and feeds Manu. He scores and then gets one back from Manu on a short-side play where Carlos Tumavave off a shift goes forward and, and sets it up, and I'm just sitting there blowing away going, wow, like if they play like this every week, but like they need to give them this jersey every week yeah. and make them play at Wellington, but second half it, it just wasn't the case they come back out they didn't look like they were going to get you know anywhere near scoring a try they looked like they'd just uh, you know hopped off the bus well they still led with like mm. seven minutes to go uh, I first half I was really impressed with how straight the Warriors attacked the dogs yeah. they were very straight they were very direct they offloaded they were playing short they carved the Bulldogs to pieces and they then did. second half they went away from everything that they were, were doing correctly yeah. I know they made a lot of errors and Bulldogs, obviously, there was a swing in possession. You can look at all that sort of stuff, but the fact of the matter is is that they went away from what was working uh, or were like deer in the headlight again, and they did it to the Gold Coast last week. Yeah. Like The Gold Coast probably should have won that game just because the Warriors couldn't close the game out. Mm. The, the, the Warriors were by far and away a better team than the Gold Coast. One point was not a reflection of that game. They should have won that game 13+, plus, mm. but it just proves that they, they just can't shut a game out. They probably they had Melbourne by the... Yeah, the Cajulies. Well, we were down, down there for that, and same deal again. Couldn't put the game away. But, uh, they, but the Bulldogs, wow! Second half, that was um, 
great performance by them. They, they probably did a good job of not conceding more points early yeah. in that game. So that's probably where the game was won for them, I guess. Um, they didn't have to chase as many points late in that game. And mm. uh, it turns out they won by eight and they were down by four with, you know, as I said, seven minutes to go. But so Being dead set serious again to the Warriors, though, the Bulldogs were almost their worst enemy. Like They made so many errors. Yeah. Frank Pritchard had a four. He's been fantastic, but he was snatching everything one-handed the other night. They mm. torched themselves. So to be honest, at the same time, the Warriors did those small moments there where I'm thinking, wow, they should win this game. Yeah. I was never really worried about the Bulldogs because they kept marching up the field. It was just that last pass or that crucial moment. They kept stuffing it up. And yeah. Second half, they, they come out. They got the job done. I cannot state enough how important, and I kept banging this drum, Cassiano and Graeme. I think Graeme. Graeme's probably more important yeah, purely so. for his intent in everything he does. He, and I, I've got to give a rap also to Michael Innes. I'm not his biggest advocate, not saying he's a bad player, but I, I think he lacks a little more polish than most nines, but he was fantastic the other night. Yeah, he, 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 he led from the front. And I thought the other one was Trent Hodkinson. That's probably the best mm. game he's played for him. Well, how many times Steered have we said that, kicked well. as far as an all-round seven is concerned, he played City and had an awesome time yeah. at Manly before he turned up and got injured. But yeah. And Reynolds seems he, to be heating up again. Yeah, but Hodkinson's the seven over Keating any day of the week. He, yeah. Him all round, his package offers so much more than Keating does. And so. Barber. Barber's getting back to some form. The dogs are just, they're heating. Mm. They're warming nicely. Tolman was good again. Like... But I've just got to give it up to three players. I feel sorry every week for Todd Lowry, Nathan Friend, and Simon Mannering because they do so much dirty work for that well. Warriors side. Like Friend made 45 tackles. Lowry made 43. Mannering's always that guy taking that carry when they need to get things started off. Like, yeah. They're, they're lacking a bit there, and we're here, and they're trying to buy Tompkins, Sam Tompkins for a million dollars at fullback. They've got Fisher and Locke. Like, the last thing you need... Be happy. Yeah, the last thing you need is a fullback. They should be on the market... Looking for players that are going to come in and add a bit more stability and toughness to their side because obviously at the moment there's not enough blokes there that have the the mental capacity to play 80 minutes and, and get half. the job done. They need a half. They need someone to help Johnson out. Yeah, well, because at the moment we, we can't. Why, he, he he's tries good, hard, but he's, but he's, he's not. He, he's not an NRL half. No, he's not a top shelf elite um, halfback. And friend, unfortunately, is getting older. He's 31 now, so at some point there they're going to need a nine. Yeah. Look, yeah. I look at that decision by the Gold Coast, and I know a lot of people bagged them out for letting him go, but they got Shrama there, mm. who's probably now at the level of friend. It probably took him two years to get there, but well, there's, um, a, there's a ten-year age. It's probably a good, yeah, a good move in the long run. But for me, like I said, I don't like seeing the Warriors struggle. I like the brand of football they play, but they, they need to get some more consistency. They need to see games out because at the moment there's probably three games they should have had wins that they've given up. Yeah. You've know. just got to play like, play straight like they did at the start of that game for the first 20 minutes. That that was awesome. Mm. But credit to the Bulldogs. They're on the march, and they've they, they got some players that, uh, you know, Kiwi Internationals and Pommy Internationals, so they probably won't lose too many to Origin. Probably only Josh Morris at this point in time because, mm. uh, as we all know, Kurt uh, Gidley is the love child of New South Wales and Australia. He's going to get that bench spot over Reynolds, so... You can't really see anyone really leaving the Bulldog side unless no. Tolman gets a magical call up. But once again, they'll ignore him. So yeah. watch out for the Bulldogs during that period. I think they're going to get a, a bit of momentum build up. Definitely. But uh, leaving that one behind, the second game, uh, one that I personally really enjoyed for the fact that the Parramatta Eels, they, they just stepped it up for me. It wasn't a, a fantastic quality game. It wasn't one that I you know dribbled over. But Parramatta, Brisbane turned up thinking they had that game won. Yeah, well, and that was going to be the danger. That, that, well, that was it. Uh, I backed Parramatta 1-12. to 12. I just, You know you get a feeling before a game, and all week I thought, nah, Brisbane will walk in there and they'll hammer Parramatta, but 
Uh, I had a feeling before the game, $5, 1-12 on the Eels. and um, We've got season tickets there, as you know, obviously, and um, myself and my partner go. But in the last, I think in the last two years, I've only seen Parramatta win once. So whenever I actually don't attend the game, it's probably better for Parramatta fans. This yeah. season, they've won three games at home. I haven't seen any of them. I've been yeah. at every game that they've lost. So well, it was Parramatta, well, Ricky, you can pay me to stay away, champ, if you yeah. want. Well, two awesome early tries. They set up a nice one early for Luke Kelly, who went straight through, and then Loco with a great little chip over the top and threw one back inside. And, you know, they, they looked really good. And then all of a sudden, Brisbane doing the smartest thing they could possibly do, feed the animal that is Justin, Justin Hodges. He sets up Kahu twice, who's also, you know, a quality young player. Tedeschi, Tedeschi said that at the start of the year, Jordan Kahu. I've said to you before that yeah, Kahu's a good player. He's had two knee reconstructions, though. So long term, I'm hoping that's not going to be. A hindrance, but he's definitely better than Marina, who, mm. who tries hard but just doesn't have the natural ability of uh, a Kahu. But 11 8 it went at half time. Jared Hayne, obviously, on half time, gets a penalty, hoofs it 50 metres, grabs it from the sideline, 10 in, and slots one from 35 out. Like, you, you just don't do that, but he did. And, um, you know, he scored that first try, that fantastic try, and he saved one again. That's the main thing for me at the moment, these try saves. And, that, that, that's the real key I took out of this game. All the statistics, all the numbers, like looking at Parramatta, no one had a really breakout game, but their defence, their missed tackles were 30 to 10, and that says enough right there. They, they did the job defensively. No one really had a breakout game besides Jared Hayne, who probably stood out a little bit, yeah. but all round for Parramatta. Yeah, but like you say, solid contribution order, you're going to be yeah. at the right end of the field, you don't which ne- therefore means that your best player is probably going yeah. to be the one that wins you the result. But you don't, uh, need, you don't need somebody in those games to make 200 metres or someone to get line breaks, and that's exactly what happened. They got a few early tries. No one made a ridiculous amount of metres or line breaks or tackle breaks, but their defence, their misses were low. They got the job done, and in the end there, uh, you look at that field goal at half-time and think, why? Or, you know, is he just poking around for fun? But that, that won them the game. Yeah, Brisbane. It did. it did. Oh, but that was the end of the half. Yeah. So what did you want him to do? Yeah, Kick exactly. a dead or put a bomb up? Like, it's a point on the board. Plenty of people having a whinge about that. I, I don't, no. you know, half time, he's kicked a field goal, whatever. Like, yeah, you know. But uh, at the same token, like I said, Kahu, I thought he was pretty good for him. Uh, Hodges, Hoffman, those guys every week. Hoffman tries so hard off that wing that I think their biggest letdowns their halves. Prince went off early, uh, unfortunately, but they got nothing out of Wallace and. Ben Hunt, he tries hard, but he's not an NRL half either. He got re-signed for two years today, so congratulations to the bloke. But yeah. everyone, every Brisbane fan on our page in Gossips, I know, has been blown up saying they want them to buy a half. They haven't had a go at anyone, so I don't know what their plans are for next year. But uh, Prince, you know, he's not a long-term solution. I'm, I'm a bit over Wallace as well. I think they're not going to get too much out of him. It's definitely not Hunt, and Norman's leaving, so they definitely need to address that, si- that situation fairly soon. Yeah, they're a fringe eight team, Brisbane. Uh, they may land in the eight, they may not, but they're, it, they're not going anywhere in the eight. But it shows from the halves, because both sides of the ball, you've got Thiday, Parker, you know, Glenn making over 100 metres apiece, 150 in the case of Thiday and Parker, a bunch of tackles, doing a great job. you got your backs like Hodges, Kahu, Hoffman, all making over 100 metres. Norman chipped in with an awesome pass for a try assist. Mm. But the halves, the halves put the polish on everything that the forwards lay the platform yeah, for, for me, and the backs get that ball. All their good work is coming off their own. They're not getting I'd the move, quality ball from the six and the seven. I'd to, move to Hoffman the fullback and I'd move Norman into the halves. And then you just got to pick one of those because 
those halves, they're not going to get you anywhere. And I said this from the start of the year. Well, you'd, you'd think they'd put Hoffman back there knowing that Norman's leaving. And Norman wants to go play six at Para, but you know, at the same time, Para's in a situation now where if they really did want to try that situation with Hayne at six, they could put Norman maybe at fullback and they've got three yeah. more players. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I just Brisbane don't excite me at all. I'm not worried about them. We, we play them on Friday night. I'm not worried mm. at all. I think we'll tell them up. And Ben Hammett went down, obviously, calf tear, so he may be missing for Origin yeah, 1. Which Prince is out as well. That, that um, kind of evens the score a little bit. There was a couple of New South Wales players that went down last week, so there's probably you know, a few cheers from the New South Wales camp saying a, a Queenslander struggling with injury. The anger with the halves shouldn't be directed at anyone but Anthony Griffin. Anthony Griffin signed Scott Prince. Um, if you've watched the Gold Coast closely the last couple of years, his form deteriorated. Uh, the Gold Coast probably did well to get, get rid of him. Brisbane picked him up. Like you're getting what everyone probably expected you to you to get. You yeah. know, I look more at Wallace though, to be honest. Wallace and Norman. Wallace is the key player there. He's been there. You know, Lockyer's moved on. He played a bit of Origin there. He he was a good player around that time, but he hasn't never really kicked on. Like he he, he just seems pretty chill all the time. Like he's not really taking the game by the horns. He has a pretty good kicking game, but he needs to run the ball more. That's what got him into Origin: running the ball, playing direct. And like I said, all the numbers don't lie. The backs are doing a great job individually and yeah. so are the forwards, but the halves aren't putting the quality on the end of all the good work to put points up. So yeah. they need to uh, seriously look at their six and seven situation. But Parramatta, defensively, and Jared Hayne, massive, like, awesome F by them. Great to see them get a win. But yeah, for now, we've gone through four of the games, so we'll have a break and we'll come back and have a look at the other four games from the weekend. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and Legends. Alrighty, back into the reviews from the weekend. The triple header on Sunday kicked off with the Raiders versus Newcastle at home. And wow, what a game this was. It was 14-0 to Newcastle after Tahu with an awesome pass back on the inside from McManus. And then before you know it, they're cutting through with Rocco off a nice short pass from Roberts, followed by a penalty goal, 14-zip, three-try lead. Newcastle just put the cue on the rack. And the Raiders, as they do just said, you know what, we'll let loose. They started to move the football, and they end up scoring 44 unanswered points. Mm. Oh, strange game. We, we sort of watched the start of it, and we're thinking, oh, well, here we go. The Raiders have had a great win, and now they're going to turn up at home and, uh, uh, you know, turned up at home asleep. But, wow, when they clicked, they uh, they surely did click, and uh, the, the Newcastle Knights just couldn't go with them. Um, Wayne Bennett... Apparently left this week, not talking to his players, scratching his head, a little bit upset. Uh, plenty of work for them to do. I, they're not a top four side for me. They're, they're another one of these teams that mm, they're going to struggle eight, to yeah. make the eight. There's, there's hundreds of them. There's probably eight teams that could possibly land in the eight. Well, at the moment, when you look at it, not. the Tigers with their situation, they're pretty much they're clear, in trouble. Clear and the Warriors. Top four team for me. Yeah, well, the Warriors, and the, the Warriors and the Tigers are both in trouble. Mm-hmm. So you can pretty much... I'm not going to burn them just well, you've yet. We've got South Storm Dogs in the top. Well, they're probably the best three teams at the moment. Well, the Dogs are starting to get that momentum. Yeah. You'd think well, they'd not fight, not on fight the table, themselves. but on form. They'll fight. You forgot the Roosters for that. Well, sorry, the Roosters. And I think that'll be the top four. 
Mm. Well, the Storm, I think, are going to go through a bit of a lull, but they're not going to fall out of the eight full stop. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be in the top four, but if everyone oh, the keep, Storm will be in the top four, if definitely. people keep playing the way they are, how inconsistent some of the other teams are, they, they, they that's, may that's well find themselves they're, back in there. But. Oh, mate, they're top four material massively. You look at uh, you know the Roosters, Souths, Manly, Melbourne, the Bulldogs now building. They're the kind of five sides I look at and think they're going to be around that top four battle. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, but for the rest of the eight, it's going to be, um, you know, like Keno, I think. Mm. And then you've got someone at the moment like the Raiders. They play like that. They're going to find themselves hanging around the edge of that, you know, just on the outside. But yep. the Raiders, the Knights, there's a couple of teams like them. Or well, the Titans, the, the Cowboys, Broncos, the Titans, the Broncos. The they're all on that kind of 50-50 record. Yeah. So they're all going to be fighting for those bottom eight spots. But those first five teams, I said, they're the kind probably, of ones. Origin's probably going to be the reason. Like, Titans mm. are going to lose a lot to Origin. Newcastle, maybe a few. But I think Manly, they're going to be hurt by Origin. Yeah, well, Melbourne, uh, but Manly, the Raiders Brisbane. probably won't be in key positions. Yeah, well, gonna, they might lose Ferguson. Ferguson and Shillington. But a lot of sides would be happy to lose mm. those two. I still, I still don't think that's reason enough for the Raiders to drop any form. Mm. Well, getting back on track, because obviously that's what we are talking about, the Raiders-Knights game. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole heap to go through, pretty much. Like, but they started off red hot, Newcastle. The Raiders did what they usually do. They look asleep, but... It seems like they want a challenge. They almost don't play until you've chucked the most impossible brick wall in front of them, mm. and then they just knock it over. Dave Shillington comes back, 160 metres, leads from the front. Papali comes off the bench, good game as well, 100 metres. But Blake Ferguson just made Tahu look, you know, it, Tahu's obviously getting a bit older, not, not quite the player he used to be, but Blake Ferguson scores a hat-trick, sets up Shandor for two. Terry Campisi started running the ball yesterday, really took control of the game, three tri-assists. Josh McCrone doesn't get enough credit. He was uh, in control of that game as well. And young Anthony Milford, they keep putting him on and pushing McCrone into dummy half to get him into it. He made two line breaks, so he's starting to unleash his running game, which is what makes him so good in the under-20s. So. Yeah, though players like that that come in that are young, they need 12 games in grade before they mm. you know, even probably get up to standard. Um, so he's come along nicely. But massively, you know, Robinson scores another try. Jack White is starting to look really good at centre. He scores a try. Yeah. Ferguson, again, though, that, that's your standout. And it was stamped with authority by a couple of those big forwards. And the halves, like, what do you say? Cam Peasy, he's one of the probably the most natural sixes in the comp. And I know he's had some injuries, but I, I was one of the ones saying they should get rid of him. I thought after a couple of injuries and he's a bit older, then he may be on the out. He may get still get hurt. I hope he doesn't. But he's proven me wrong after a couple of games. I didn't think he'd get back on board so quick. Mm. He started off bad. He kicked two out in the yeah, full, but, but after, again, after that, he take took control of that game massively. What have they? They've won two in a row. Mm. So we'll just again, we need more consistency out of the Raiders. Uh, that's the key with all of these sides that uh, are on the fringe or inside the eight. So um, yeah, wait and see. Mm. They got. But, I think they got the Sharks this week, so that's going to be a you know yeah, up here. Sharks away, Newcastle um, Dogs, and the Dogs are at home. So I think this is an, you know another time here where we may see the Dogs continue to kick on and make a run into that eight. But as far as Newcastle, it's pretty straightforward, inconsistent. They're, they're winning at home, they're losing away. Darius Boyd, where is he? He needs to put a stamp on the game. Gidley, he tries hard, but, you know... missing Mullen. Gidley's not going to get to play fullback. Gidley, to me, is still not a half. It's Robertson Mullen. And even in the nine situation, I know Badiris is going to be gone, but they've just signed young bloke Clydesdale for three years. So if they're going to put Gidley anywhere to me, he has to play nine when Mullen's healthy. Mm. You need Roberts and Mullen being natural in that position. Gidley's biggest problem is he doesn't have a position. Mm. 
That's his biggest problem. The, the key for me yesterday, lack of spirit almost. They got up and then they just packed it up and they copped 44. It was an absolute shocking. So yeah. nothing more needs to be said. All the credit to the Raiders and Newcastle just really need to put 80 minutes together consistently. Yeah. Uh, the other game that was on, the Titans and the Dragons, this one went right down to the wire, obviously. A few controversial decisions, uh, a bit of feeling in this one, but it, it was a pretty good game all round. Uh, in general, well, I was surprised, I said to you, and this just proves what you've said a few times about the Dragons being still one of the better defensive sides, especially on the scramble. In the offloads, they lost 16-5, to five. Uh, line breaks 4-1, to metres 1,500 to 1,200, they missed 18 to the Gold Coast's 36, though. So they had all those extras against them, and they lost the penalty count 12-6, but they still missed half as many tackles as the Gold Coast Titans did. Mm-hmm. They're a great defensive side, even though they do lack a bit of guidance in attack. Yeah, well, there's probably two things to come out of this game. There was a disallowed try uh, for William Zillman with about 15 to go, and there was the instance at the end of the game that Steve yeah. Price was having a, a Barney about that players are offside from the uh, from the field goal attempt from Jamie Sowell. That happens every goal point game. No one wants to yeah. buy that penalty though. No one I, wants I, to buy that penalty. Look, John Cartwright blew up, Steve Price blew up. I probably agree with both of them mm. with, with what they had. And I'm obviously a Titans fan. Uh, I, I don't know. I, the Titans, they should have been ahead by more. It shouldn't have come down to the field goal at the end of the game. But that's, that's the only argument that I would have. If uh, if they would have blown a penalty for him not being square or being offside, I, I wouldn't have had much of an argument for that. Um, mm. As you say, it's just it's a bit of a lottery when they're going to blow the penalty. But all in all, I thought it was a it was a pretty good game. Um, it was competitive. It, was. it sort of ebbed and flowed. Like at times, I thought, oh, this game's gone. The Dragons are going to come over us. And at times, I thought, oh, the, the Titans are going to do this comfortably. But whenever that sort of feeling came over the game, you, you sort of the other team then lifted a cog. It was it was a good game to watch, an entertaining game, that's for sure. So uh, I just think Aiden Caesar probably his class uh, at the back end of the game prevailed. The the field goal, a lot of people said it was too early, but it proved the difference in the end. And yeah, well, both Falloon got me out of the match. He had a great game. Yeah, had a dummy half there, and Jamal I thought was solid again, and good to see Harrison thing. Harrison back nice and early. They need consistency from Jamal. That's mm. two weeks in a row now, same as Ferguson. I'll, I'll continue to be crit- critical of him um, while he just is spasmodic in his performance. So uh, need it this week and, and the week after. Yeah, well, Bird keeps showing his consistency, 170 metres in a big game, and Zilman got a double, which got them home. Yeah. Uh, on the dragon side of things, like you said, defensively, really, really good, but... They still just lack a little bit in attack. Adam Quinlan, the young fullback, uh, well. got a run in front of Dugan this week. Who you know that, that's the big signing, obviously. But Quinlan set up a great try for Vito, who you know he was pretty good. He made some meters, but um, two tries for Nightingale, as always, roaming around, very solid player. Trent Merrin dominated, 170 meters, 38 tackles, last stitch field goal. Uh, they called for the offside. No referee's going to buy that penalty, though. I've said that a million times. No one wants to be that guy, but it's still the same situation. I think they've. Uh, Got a pretty good side. They try hard, but in attack, Nathan Fane at seven, and just just a few weapons all around. They just don't look as well put together no. as they used to be. And uh, nothing against Quinlan, but I think Dugan. Dugan's been named. Gonna, Dugan's been named this week. Dugan's going to offer a good point of difference from the back for them. He yeah. started to chime in nicely at the Raiders there, and he can ball play a little bit, which is what they need at fullback. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, uh, I wouldn't be too upset with that result if I was a Dragons fan. If that's in Sydney or if that's down at um, Illawarra... That's a win. Yeah, they probably win. Mm. Uh, the home crowd and the, you know, 
that call at the end of the game. If that's a home game, the Dragons probably get that call. So I wouldn't be too disappointed with it. No. Well, the most depressing result of the weekend, especially for myself, the Panthers at home, it was a very small crowd, actually, when we were there. But Mm. nonetheless, the ones that were there were going off 12-10 over the Melbourne Storm. And uh, there's no stats to separate these two besides one key one, four zip line breaks to Melbourne, which is, you know, that's pretty amazing. Melbourne are usually pretty good off their set plays and seem to break through, but... Uh, I'm not taking anything away from the Panthers. I'm not giving the Storm this whole slow and they're tired. They may be, but at the same time, they're an NRL football team. They had a, a decent turnaround. They didn't get the job done. They got outclassed by the Panthers. Yeah, Penrith played a smart game, played it up at guts. Yeah, well, uh, physically. some errors. Mm. Um, defensively, they just said to Melbourne, if you're going to go around us, be our guest. Um, mm. But we're going to jam in nice and hard and, and make that difficult for you. Probably not enough is said about the conditions out here at Penrith. It's it's very wet and very dewy in the night games here. And it's, it's probably similar to Canberra. It's not as cold, but the con- conditions on the field are very similar in the fact that it's it's slippery. It's hard to move the ball. Uh, so Penrith they they've sort of learnt now that, to play to those conditions. Um, you know, in those night games. So mm. I think Melbourne had a little bit of trouble adjusting to that, but. Penrith were by far the best team. They they deserve their win. Melbourne, oh, they've hit the snooze button, haven't they? Their, their alarm's gone off and they've hit the well, snooze Craig button. Bellamy, the Craig Bellamy said the most important thing. We don't look excited, they don't look up for it. And Cameron mm. Smith said we need to turn up and, you know, we yeah. want the challenge, we want to win. So, But every season ebbs and flows. But I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Penrith. Like I said, to me, they won the physical battle. Docker and Plum bashed Melbourne. Uh, Ware got up on that edge, like you're talking about that shift yeah. in particular. He made them make a decision, which is what Melbourne usually do to other teams. They'll let you go around them. But you've got to execute that pass, and they put enough pressure on usually to make you make the mistake. They yeah. did it at the Warriors, but uh, Ken Penrith make the yeah. eight. Uh, I'm not so sure about making the eight. I wouldn't go off too early for them. Well, I'm not going off early, but people but were they're, they're pretty playing, quick to lay the boot in no. on our page when I said that they. But they're playing make the eight. They're playing better football. They got some younger blokes that should have been earlier, like Matt Robinson and Docker, that are doing the job. Yeah. You see Sam Anderson and Isaac John get a debut, so they're, they're doing what they should be doing. They signed a lot of young kids. They need to give a couple of them a go and try and nut out what's good, what, what's worth keeping, and what they need to move on. So that's what they're doing. But uh, it starts off, Billy Slater throws that intercept. He's done that a few times now. Well, Simmons he takes look it. when he threw that pass. He just no. threw it. Set, but that's that set play. That's sometimes the problem yeah. of structure. You can you can do a bit of video on that and pick up on it. But Simmons takes that to the bank. Next thing you know, they're, they're down off a penalty, 20 out. They're a player short. Walsh kicks across to Robinson, who does well with a defender still there to score. And then later on, same deal. They've got a penalty, which has helped them march down the field. Uh, only five, uh, three in the penalty count during the night, but two of those led to them being parked in our end. Uh, Ware, nice shift of the hands there, got Simmons over again. So 12 zip. Oh, the only thing that gave me a bit of hope is the fact they didn't kick a goal. Melbourne come out, obviously, early second half, as they always do. Uh, n- not as flat. They got two tries quickly on the board. Smith had a ball raked out that Bromwich grabbed, and then a kick from Cronk, which Wacker scored off. But... Uh, all in all, Penrith did the job after that. The pressure was on and they held on. So, Well, I'll throw you Penrith's draw. They've got the Warriors at home, Dragons away, a bye, West at home, Raiders away, a bye, and then they've got Dragons away, Titans, sorry, Dragons at home, Titans away, Parramatta away. Like they've, this, the run that they're coming into, and uh, we had this tweeted through to us, um, the run that the Penrith, well, the Panthers have got in the next couple of weeks, well, probably the next eight to ten rounds, and their season could be defined by this period. I mean, if they can produce that form for the next 10 weeks, they're not going to lose too many players to origin, if any. Um, 
they could find themselves at the back end of the eight. Mm. Well, besides Tim Grant, who may play Origin, had a great game the other night, mind you. 42 tackles, no and runs, super physical, along with uh, Docker and Plum. Yeah. There's no one else they're really looking at losing. That's that's no. pretty much it. So no, I, Yeah, they're, they're improving. But you've got to look at injuries as well. Like You, you can't predict tomorrow. Well, they're going to get if they, uh, if Mansour they, back. If they stay how they are at the moment, Robinson and Mansour come in. You've obviously got James Roberts, who I'm still keen to see in the centres for them. With yeah. Wara. I think Warre and Roberts going forward are their centre pairing mm. long-term and uh, but for me, like I said, I'm taking nothing away. I thought Tohu Harris and Bromwich were solid for Melbourne. Junior Moore's good showing against his old junior club. Limited minutes, you know, three offloads, 100 metres. But as far as our big three are concerned, I thought Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk in particular had pretty bad nights. Uh, Smith, Smith, Smith is always industrious, 55 tackles, tried, but they, they need all three of them on. Didn't win the physical battle, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's not getting any easier. We're, we're playing manly at home, and... I'm not too confident, to be honest. Not if they're dishing up what they are. And then you've got the Roosters in here uh, at Sydney, in, which will be a Saturday night game, 7.30, Allianz. Again, slippery field. If the Roosters can play that physical game up the middle, they'll, they will trouble Melbourne. Mm. And Panthers got the Warriors if they dish up what they did again and get, get ahead. This is a massive game for Penrith. The next two Need a win, games, yeah, heading into the bye, uh, they've got the Warriors, um, Dragons and bye. If they can get six points there... Suddenly, they're, they're probably in the eight. Mm. Well, we spoke at the Roosters just a moment ago, and they got a great win on Monday night, 16-4 over the Eagles. And uh, it was a very tough game in the wet. It, I don't think a lot of people realise how dewy and how soggy that field was. There was 31 errors in the game, 15 uh, Manly, 16 of the Roosters. Missed tackles, though, I think, in the end. Was the small difference in the messy conditions and, and a lucky try, I suppose you could call it with the pick-up off the ground, and then obviously Jake Friend diving at one at the end and, and a couple of penalty goals, but 37 misses by Manly, only 20 by the Roosters. Jennings jets off 90 metres from a bad pass there. Good luck catching him. Mm. They kicked the penalty goal 8-0 at half-time in that kind of wet conditions. You're pretty confident that the Roosters are going to get home with it, but they, they blew some chances. They really did. Yeah, so did Manly. It was a scrappy game. Uh, you know, the, the first points of the game was that intercept, and then it was just... You know, end to end, all, end to end. All their opportunities, though, were bombed. Like, SKD has one there. Sean yeah. Kenny Dow, he drops it because he grabs it with one hand. Uh, clean break from Mitchell Pierce, Feeds it to Boyd Cordner, who, once again, one hand. Sheck goes through. Yeah. Clean has no support. Like, I thought they looked more more dangerous, but they didn't execute their opportunities. And full credit to Manly. They come out early. Uh, Cherry Evans put a kick in for Matawai. 8-4, they'll back into it. But uh, in that wet conditions, you know, Jake Friend turned up at the right time and those few penalty goals turned out to be the difference for uh, the Roosters to skip ahead and win 16-4. Yeah, and especially with, um, you know, the send-off, obviously, you probably thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, with 10 minutes to go. go down and mm. they'll score and this will go to Golden Point or they'll, they'll win, but Roosters managed to score in that time. So mm. thoroughly deserved their win. The people that were questioning them um, and their top eight credentials. Yeah, plenty of them. Um, well, I was one of them at the start of the year, but I've warmed to them over the last month. Uh, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
again last night. I think they won the penalty count. They made less errors, and they were the they were the areas that I, I needed to see from them uh, to be improved. But they're a top four side. Yeah, well, definitely. And, massive. And Pierce, he was better than Maloney last night. Yeah, which, which is, is which is what you want good. to say if you're a New South Wales fan. Yeah. I thought he was much better. Uh, boy, Cordner, man of the match again, awesome. He was. He was. And, and you know that makes it even better. With you know Sonny Bill probably not having a great game, he was solid but not great. But they got the job done, you know. Uh, you've also like Pierce in control. Friend grabs that try. Corden is rock solid. Two of us are Sheck and Tupo. Those guys tackle breaks and meters out of dummy half. I think they've probably got the two best wingers starting things off. And on the flip side of that, Tafura again out of dummy half. He's awesome mm. for Manly. Brenton Lawrence made another line break. My God, that bloke can run. He finally got a pass. Tafura got run down, but got some leg speed, the big boy. Yeah. Uh, I thought Evans, Cherry Evans and Foran were solid. Uh, Horro was good. What now? 250 games. Congratulations to him. But uh, in the end, I think the Roosters all over that. They've got a high-quality side. They've got the penalties down. And even that Wherry Hargrove thing, that, that shows where they're heading. That, that last 10 minutes, they could have folded in there and kicked the ground. But they got the job done. It was scrappy, but they got the job done. And uh, a big congratulations to them. Yeah. All righty, let's uh, jump into... Lenny and Graham, see what they've got for us this week in terms of inside word on the uh, the origin teams for New South Wales and Queensland. Hello. Hello, Lenny. It's Brock. How are you, mate? Not too bad, Brock. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. We uh, just thought we'd give you a call, weekly update for uh, the New South Wales team. You got any inside word from us from uh, Big Loza? Well, I can tell you, boys, that Laurie is quite impressed and very happy, in particular this weekend with Jared Hayne, who obviously he's touted as the fullback replacement for Brett Stewart. So and then you've got the likes of... Blake Ferguson, who scored another hat-trick and was in his indigenous team, so he is quite happy at this point in time. Well, it's not long now until game one at uh, ANZ Stadium. Is there any players that you think have, have fallen off the radar with their performances on the weekend? I can't really say that anyone's so much fallen off the radar. I think James Malone didn't play that well, but at the same time, I think Laurie will be looking for that combination with Pierce. And in general, his form this year has been pretty good. But otherwise, all around, you look at players like Bird and Watmau, Lewis and Pierce, they all played pretty good. The only one that really irks me at the moment is brother, Lenny. Forget what Laurie thinks is Josh Morris. They're talking about him as the centre. But if it was me, I'd be much happier with Ferguson and Jenny in the centre. So you're flicking Joshy Morris. You've you've had enough of him. Lenny said, no deal, get out. Well, it's not that he's not a good player. It's just that he's not playing very well for the Bulldogs team at this point in time. Fair enough. How did did your A-grade side go on the weekend, Lenny? Well, the Channelfield Titans and myself ended up in an all-in brawl, and I'm facing a 12-week suspension for biting someone on the forearm. Biting them on the forearm? Wow. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, went, I was going for the face, but with a lot of head movement, I thought, stuff it, he's throwing arms, mm. so I'll just grab one of those and have a dig like a chicken wing. You took the leaf out of uh, James Graham's book. 
I sure did, mm. and it was quite chasey, I must admit. Well, all right, mate. Well, thanks for your time again. Uh, we've got to ring big uh, Graham Tallis now to get his point of view on the on the Queensland team. So uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, well, all I can say is it's good to see some of those Queensland smucks struggling and keep your eyes out for players such as Ferguson and Fafita and Woods over the coming weeks. They're in the frame. We will, my friend. Talk next week. Goodbye. Stay out of trouble. Good luck at the judiciary. Shall do, boys. I'll try not to bite anyone. <laughs> See you, mate. Bye-bye. Well, there it is, the inside word from uh, Big Lenny Daly. We're now going to give uh, Graham Tallis a call and see what he's got to say in terms of the uh, Queensland side. Hello? Hey, uh, Graham. How are you, mate? It's Brock from the Fifth and Last Podcast. Oh, yeah, not too bad, mate. How about you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, just ringing up to get your opinion, mate, on uh, some of these Queenslanders from the weekend's games. If uh, anyone caught your eye you think might be uh, jumping out for uh, a selection in the Queensland team? Oh, mate, uh, I've, uh, the only real positive, I think, from the weekend, as far as the Queensland point of view is concerned, is to see uh, Ashley Harrison and David Shillington back and playing uh pretty good, you know what I mean? But uh, as far as other players are concerned, uh, Benny Hennett's going to probably miss game one with a calf injury and, uh, you know, he looks like he's eating a baby calf or two as well. And I know I like calves, so, uh, yeah, not a, not a real positive. But Smith, Conk and Slater, two weeks in a row now, not exactly like uh, the best games and first in as well, you know what I mean? So, like, there's a bit of pressure on that, that key four, but... Uh, you know, seven in a row is enough, I think. Like, when they get together in camp, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to have a few wheat picks in the morning and they're going to go out and uh, do the job. Well, yeah, there's, I can't say there's many people uh, south of the, the uh, Queensland border that are upset that some of these Queensland players are struggling. Uh, is there anyone who you think uh, has fallen off the radar or blown a chance on the weekend? Oh, not so much. I think, like, you know, form-wise, it's more the bench, like, the makeup of it, like, People start the year say Barber's going to get that utility role, but you look at the former Barber, like you don't think you'd be able to give him a position. Like for me, if it's me, I'm picking like a McCulloch because he can play the, the seven and the, the nine role, and he's a tough little bugger and can tackle. But if not, you think they'd do like the Gronk thing and pick Cherry Evans because he's been in pretty good form. And besides those three, you think it's going to be a battle between Gillette, Taylor. To and uh, the old Parker Park bench from Brisbane for the other three forward spots, Yami. Mm, uh, just a little bit off topic, a little bit, uh, you know, self-indulgent in terms of your brother. Mate, he was on the Matty John show last night and uh, they asked him a couple of questions about um, Wayne Bennett, his relationship with Wayne Bennett. Can you give us an inside scoop? Is, is there a problem between Gordon and Wayne? Oh, there's, there's like a, a little bit of beef, but like, you know, I, I, I'll tell you what, but I, I'll have a chat to... Uh, Gordon during the week and uh, see if it's okay for me to shed a little more light on, on the situation next week, you know what I mean? Because, look, I don't want to step on his toes because we've like, got the same mother and all that. Oh, fair, mate, fair enough. Last night he, uh, he forgot to do his bottom button up on his shirt last night, Gordon, so you might have to give him a couple of fashion tips during the week while you uh, when you give him a call. Oh, I thought there was nothing wrong with that. Like, well, like, who's complaining? A little bit of belly, yeah? Like, he's on the couch, he's just hanging out, like, well, what's everyone complaining about? You've never seen a bloke's belly before. <laughs> no, well, not one that hairy, anyway, on a uh, on a human being. Hmm. 
<laughs> Fair enough, mate. All right, we'll, uh, we might give you a call next week. Uh, make sure you, you get on to Gordy because we'd love the inside word on him and Wayne. Yeah, no, like it's all good. I'll, I'll, I'll try and see if he's okay with me to shed a little more light because I don't want to step on Lockie's toes, you know what I mean? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what we can dig up for next week. No worries, mate. It, uh, did you, how's your pub going? How did your, uh, your t- local team down there go this weekend? Oh, yeah, the Mount Isaac Aquinas. Like, we, we had a draw on the weekend. It's a bit disappointing, but... Uh, as you do when you finish, you, you slam about 44 exes because it's the good old mink strips and it's like drink of water, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, it, it wasn't an ideal result, but uh, yeah, we, we're all at the pub at the moment, going to have a, 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 a snitty, so like, uh, yeah, it's all good. Fair enough. All right, buddy, talk to you next week. No worries. So, like, have a good one, yeah? Yeah, see you, mate. See you, buddy. Well, that's the inside word from... Lenny and uh, Graham again this week. We look forward to having them on the show again uh, on next week's uh, podcast and hopefully they'll have a little bit more for us in terms of inside information. We're now going to move into the Degenerate Gambler section. Degenerate Gamblers section for this week. Uh, what do you got, Brock? All right, the games for this week. Kicking off Friday night, the Broncos, they take on the Titans up at Suncorp. The Broncos, $1.52 favourites, the Gold Coast, two fifty five. The Titans getting a five-and-a-half start. I'd take a bit of that two fifty four. Yeah, I, I'm going to have a crack at them with a six-and-a-half start, $1.90 you're getting for that, or $1.85 around that mark. The other Friday night game, South and the Tigers, that's at ANZ Stadium. West Tigers with 20 and a half start is a dollar ninety. South a dollar eight, and if you like the Tigers, eight dollars. Chucked out in the bin, no value there. No value at all, unless you want to back the Tigers with the start. But you're playing with fire, in my opinion. The first of the Saturday games, the Dragons a dollar forty five, the Eels two seventy five, uh, with the Eels getting six and a half start at a dollar ninety. I like the Eels in this one for an upset, uh, $2.75. I think that's fantastic value for a team that's won two in a row and not knocking the Dragons. I, you know, they may win this game, but for such a 50-50, $2.75, I'm pretty happy to have a stab at the Parramatta. Yeah, I like them with six and a half start at $1.90. The other game on Saturday night, the Panthers at home to the Warriors, $1.65 the Panthers, two twenty-five the Warriors. The Warriors are getting three and a half start in this one. Mm. Well, the 225 again on the Warriors. I think this weekend's probably one of those 50 50 weekends. There seems to be some pretty good value around for the outsider. Mm. Well, the final game on Saturday night, the probably one of the, you know, the games everyone's looking forward to. The Cowboys at home to the Roosters. Cowboys $1.95, the Roosters $1.85. There's no line in this one. Yeah, uh, no line, straight bet. I'd be leaning towards the Roosters, even though they're at home, but. No front rowers. They, they may struggle a little bit, but they've still got plenty of quality in their side. I think they could still get the job done. I think $1.85 is good odds for uh, for the Roosters. I don't think the Cowboys are going that great. Um, it'll only be, as you say, whether they can get that go forward. Uh, first of the Sunday games, Cronulla. They're at home to the Raiders. $1.65 the Sharks, two twenty five the Raiders. And the Raiders getting a three-and-a-half start. Well, for me, I know the Sharks have got a couple of wins under their belt now, but the way the Raiders are playing, I'm taking a big chunk of that 225. Yeah, again, I'd probably take the start with that one. Um, if you can get four-and-a-half, that'd be even better. Uh, the other Sunday game, Newcastle, they're at home to the Dogs. 215, Newcastle, $1.70. The Doggies, 
two and a half is the start that the Knights are getting for a dollar ninety. Well, if you like the Knights at home, which they've won all their games there, I'm pretty sure. No, nah, they lost to the Sharks. Oh, they lost. They had the Sharks. Point. Pretty good at uh, home. Two ten's not bad, but dollar seventy for the Dogs. I think there's a bit of value there. Yep. Uh, and the final game Monday night, the Storm dollar forty eight. Manly two sixty five. Melbourne we get a uh, sorry. Manly get the six. Six points started at dollar ninety. You see, this is one thing that frustrates me as a Melbourne fan. I don't see how we can lose two games in a row to two opponents you wouldn't think we'd lose to, yeah. yet we're still such uh, heavy favourites. Like the, I think it's pretty ridiculous. I think that one should be more around the dollar eighty, dollar ninety mark, like that Cowboys Roosters game. But you know, I, I wouldn't shy away from having a stab at Manly the way we're playing. Yeah, six and a half. If you can get a dollar eighty five or something with six and a half or Manly, I just think Melbourne are eventually going to bounce back. Uh, again, they've got a fairly good turnaround. It's, a, it's another eight-day turnaround, so I think they'll be primed for this one. I think I think Melbourne will win. Uh, better the week for me. I'd uh, I'm going to whack. I'm going to have two. I'm going to have the Titans two fifty. That's ridiculous odds. And then the other one is obviously the Raiders. I think they can win. Um, you could even put both of those together with the start. You'll get about three fifty. Mm, my multi last week got up, so anyone that jumped on that three twenty, happy days. Yeah, well, I got a few that I didn't say last week. I had the Roosters to win uh, minus four, which, you know, they were paying $2.10 for last night, so that was pretty nice. But uh, this week, for me, it's just the Raiders straight. I wouldn't be multi anything. I'd be hitting up that $2.25. I think that's great for them. But that's the gambler's section. So now we're going to be joined by the Wild Panther himself, Mark Guyer. Time four, ten in the bin with the Wild Panther, Mark Guyer. And we welcome back Mark Guy. How you doing, buddy? Hello, boys. How's your week been? Oh, working. <laughs> Boring. Panthers big win last Sunday night. Was nice to see. Yeah, not for me. It wasn't. But And not for me that had the big big wager at half time on the Storm. That hurt. So. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I know that. But um, well, honestly, it's you know I, I you know even even the the most ardent Penrith fan wouldn't have uh, predicted, you know, if the scores a twelve ten with twenty to go, the Penrith will hold on. But maybe that's a turning point of the season. And maybe the injuries that we've had this year are a, a little bit of a blessing in disguise because we've seen some some blokes come on the, um, in particular like Isaac John who played the other night and played brilliantly. Um, Docker has been playing great, so some good signs for the Panthers, I think, boys. Yeah, they've got a, a very good draw coming up as well. They've got a. a, a... A um, couple of sides outside the eight, then a couple of buys. So it's a, it's a part of the season where they can accumulate some points and get themselves up, you know, towards the middle of the table. And who knows what could happen at the back end of the year? Yeah, we'll start this Saturday night against the, uh, the Warriors, who are uh, the first time they played for a while that are below So it's a, it's a must win. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to chuck that in there. Obviously, Penrith have got back on track two in a row. You've got Parramatta as well. They've got young blokes like. Pritchard and Tarapo and Tanganoa and they've got two in a row and the Bulldogs everyone uh, started to ride them off and I, I kept beating that drum that they need those two front rowers and it looks like they're building as well Yeah, yeah exactly right mate, I think uh, you can, there's a lot of comparisons I think between the Panthers and the, 
um, and the Eels. So they are a team that within a couple of years you think are going to be up up and about the top four, both both squads. Um, it's just it's just trying to uh, you know hang on for that period as a, as a fan. And I think if you are a true fan, you will hang on. But um, the doggies, yeah, I I think I'm along the lines of the year. I think people were, were riding the, the doggies off at their own peril. Um, James Graham had an immediate impact as soon as he came back, and um, and Cassiano had that that bulk that every team needs. He just makes them he makes the whole team look bigger because he's a unit and. Uh, you can tell they grow in confidence every time that you know, David Graham takes the board more on. He, he just adds that extra extra di- dimension in attack that they, they lack so much in the, in the opening eight weeks. Yeah, I think with the a lot of their plays are disguised with their props. You know, like they run they run their blocks and their uh, sweet plays, and they look like a hit up. They look like a prop hitting the ball yeah. up, so the defence on the outside sort of holds off a little bit, and that gives the dogs that space to skip on the outside of you. I sort of watched that game closely on replay yesterday, the um, dogs New Zealand game, and um, it was a really good performance by the dogs, and um, they're going to be really hard to beat back into the season, especially you know. Once they accumulate some points and get themselves up at the pointy end of the table, um, they're going to be tough to beat. Oh, yeah, especially coming up. Uh, they, they come from behind um, in a big way. I think it was 16 14 nil. Um, the Warriors were up, and you know, you, you'd think that if they were any chance of making a, a ripple in, in the, the competition's uh, draw towards the end of the year, that they, they had to win that game. And, and look like they weren't going to, but um, to win that game, and I think that's going to be the springboard to. To launch them into a, you know maybe a month or two of good footy and um, maybe Origin might be kind on this year. Maybe that uh, you know with them not performing the way they have been, uh, Josh Morris might, might maybe the only person um, who who'd be needed to come Origin from from their team, which is also a plus. Yeah, well that's the one for me that I looked at and thought even without him, I still don't see uh, that them hurting too much from that situation. I really think they're going to make a run for that origin period, having all those Kiwi boys and obviously Graham being a, a Pommy international. But just on to some, uh, something else here, halves are obviously hard to come by and I've got three little bits here. You've seen Carney re-sign with the Sharks and the Panthers miss out. So first question, if you're Penrith, Walsh is moving on, do you have a crack at Sam Williams like everyone's talking about or do you wait? Um, no, I don't. I, I wouldn't. If, if I'm the if I'm the CEO or the GM of Penrith, I don't, I don't have a crack at Sam Williams. Um, not with, when Isaac John's there at the moment, we, we bought him. Um, mm-hmm. Mate, who knows? I, look, I, it might be a long shot. I know, but I know that Benji Marshall and, and the Tigers aren't seen eye to eye at the minute. He's mm-hmm. on the bench this weekend. Well, that was my next one I was going to have for you. We've got Benji unhappy, so we, there's talk today. Obviously, Ricky Stewart, probably one of the only other ones. Uh, that that may allow Norman to do a backflip. I don't know if he would, but if you're Ricky Stewart or if you're Penrith, are you looking at Benji Marshall? Would you pay that kind of money to move him? Uh, I wouldn't pay the, the money that the Tigers are rumoured to be offering him for five years, the four mil for five years. I think that's way over the odds for, for a bloke who's in the you know the swan song of his of his career. He, he still offers a lot, um, but this is a kid who's been in the spotlight since he's been seventeen. Um, you know. Nine or ten years ago, and he's he gets he to get to a stage in life, whether it be a sportsman or, or otherwise, who just they can't perform at their optimum level. And I think he's got to kind of make a, a few career changes. Maybe it's, it's you know not doing a maybe moving out a bit, out, you know, the fullback, or maybe it's to you know maybe he might be a utility player coming off the bench. I don't know. But when a, when you're a player who who just basically um, 
uh, golf plays around that stiffness and you rely on that step to get you through most uh, first ones and defense. And when that starts to wane and disappear, well, you, you've got to reinvent yourself. And I don't know that he can. But, you know, he's a special player and he's got a great eye. And, um, and I think I agree with most pundits at the moment who, who, who seem to think that he, he may be three or four kilos overweight. Mm. Um, but you know that, that comes with knowledge because you know that's I can speak from uh, first-hand experience here. With when you when you do basically settle down and, and start to get them home cooked meals, and um, you're not going out as much with the mates as it does, you, you, you can tend to tack on a bit. So he's obviously happy in a, in a good paddock. Um, but I would, I, I, look, if I was say for good, for instance, I'd say uh, I'll have a look at Benji. I'd make sure that he's he's got no long term injuries, um, and I'd, I'd probably offer him you know three hundred and fifty grand a year to to come and finish his career at the mountains. Well, I think for them at the moment, uh, I, I like Sam Williams, but I'm a big fan of Luke Kerry, and if not, I'm kind of with you on the whole Isaac John thing. If he does the job for the rest of the year, he's only on a one year deal. Why not extend him and, and stick him with Saud next year and see what happens? That they've still got plenty of young kids they need to get through and have a look at to see if they're uh, part of a long term plan, but. Uh, the other one's Ben Hunt. He just re-signed for two years at Brisbane. You've got Norman leaving, so technically they've lost a six. Prince is injured. Yeah. He's not going to last much longer. And you've got Wallace, who is just non-existent. So there's yeah. plenty of uh, pissed-off Brisbane fans at the moment wondering what's going on in their situation. What do you do? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I suppose they're, they're, they're throwing all their eggs in one basket, hoping they get Norman back. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, that horse is bolted. I, you know, I, you know, at the moment, Broncos are that type of team that just seem to be going through their emotions. Every time they play, they just seem to be uh, doing enough to either win or lose. Um, you know, when they, they, they've got them playing games where they look really, really good, and they're playing games where they look really, really bad, and, and, and they don't look like beating an egg, let alone a rugby league team. So, um I don't, know, I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's the senior players. You know, there's always... You know, the fish rots start to rot at the head first. So you've got to look at, you know, what's happening on the field in the Broncos. And, and maybe they're a little bit complacent, I suppose. You know, maybe maybe it might be time for another Brisbane team up in the... You know, who knows? Might, might, might make the Broncos play a little bit better than they are at the minute. But you can't keep relying on Justin Hodges, who is, who is a centre, to be your best player. You know, they, need a, they need a hooker. I thought McCulloch would be... You know, coming on in leaps and bounds by now. Uh, the last couple of years, he showed a lot of uh, a lot of promise, and he still does show promise, but he hasn't kind of gone that next level um, like Cameron Smith did overnight. Um, Ian the halves, they're, they're a big draw with Pete, Pete Wallace. Um, you know, he's looking like he's more interested at the moment, and uh, he might be he might be English Super League bound before before too long. I, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I think the Broncos they should have seen this coming. You know, like. Wallace's form wasn't that great last year. Prince's form was has been, you know, fairly ordinary for the last two years at the Titans. So they've set themselves up for this fail in, in my books. Um, I would have stuck Norman in the halves with, and I would have made a call on one of those blokes, and I would have re, you know, re-signed Norman. Um, I think you could have fixed that situation. Left Hoffman at one, but they've made their bed now. They've got to lay in it. So. Well, we spoke about this before. Um on this podcast about them being a carbon copy of each other playing Wallace and Prince that is mm. um, you've got two blokes who are identical in what they do um, and you need one of your halves to be a ball runner and to take the line on and to take it on with, with vigour um, and 
just like the parents on, on Sunday night, you know, we all know Luke Walsh's capabilities. Um, a couple of weeks ago, they'd be primarily, he got tackled the ball 11 times, and against the Roosters, he ran for no metres and no runs, and they got their, their bum smacked. Mm. Uh, against the Warriors, he was back to his running. Half, half of five, they've got to run the ball. And uh, when they do it with, with Vigor, it puts so much doubt in the other team. Like, I know being a, a, a big bloke playing footy back when the interchange wasn't what it is now, the last 10 minutes of each half were the most scary for me because the, the halfback of, of, of the opposition guys off the big blokes to run at because you'd be yeah. stuffed. And, um, they just don't do as much these days because, you know, and, and we, we, we don't kind of, the, the halfback, the running halfback these days, he's starting to be a little bit of a dying breed because of the fact that we have so many fresh interchanges on, on, on the paddock. You know, when you take off a bloke who has just played 25 minutes at that, that, that full you know, full throttle and you're replacing with blokes with identical size identical ability and identical fitness and everything and it's the halves the halves and five lights of this world look up and go oh shit what am I going to do here so they've got to, again they've got to reinvent themselves as well but uh, Broncos I don't think I'll make the eight this year I think if any team from the from north of the border who will it, it might be the Titans mm-hmm. well at the moment they look the, the most likely and they would have been the most unlikely one at the start of the year, seeing as though they got Kelly in there with Caesar on his own and probably lacking one or two outside backs. But Takarengi mm. and Idris has come to form, so they're starting to take a little bit of shape. Yeah, big time. Big time. What did you make of the Hargraves and off boys? I was just about to get on you with that one. He's taken the early guilty plea for five weeks. Uh, I think we're, we're a little divided as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't have sent him off, but he does deserve a suspension. But a straight send-off, I was... Uh, Sitting there telling Brock and Dad that my kids are going to be cage fighting because that's that's going really soft as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I just think, it, and I think it's been played out in the media probably the way I'm thinking as well. But he's been the victim of some pretty inept decisions by the referees this year by a not sending players when they should have been, or, or sending them off when they should have been. Um, now, case in point, Richard Fayaso a couple of times. Um, Steve Mallow should have been Simbin in the first five minutes in that game yeah. the other night for a professional foul, um, which basically, if that wasn't Simbin, nothing ever will be. So mm. they, 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 they did their own, their own hole from officials because of, of in, in no action uh, when, when it's evident, when it's plainly obvious. So they've got to start trying to... If this is the, if this is the benchmark now, um, what Hargraves did on, on Rose, well... Mate, we should have a lot more send-offs this year then because I see that at least once a week from, from in one game where... And I think what happened with the hard racing, him and George Rose were having a bit of a running battle all throughout the game and um, that was the third time that hard days got penalised for a hit on, on George Rose. So after, obviously there's some bad blood there between them too. Uh, the fact also that it was a, a dropout, so hard race had plenty of momentum and so did George Rose to hit each other and it was it looked a lot worse than I think it, than it was, but... Um, well, I don't believe he should have been sent off. Should, he should have been put on report. Uh, the same thing would have happened, but you know he would have been finding himself on the sideline because of waiting. Uh, yeah, when uh, when time was called, like time out in that game, it was sixty nine minutes forty three seconds or something like that. Why couldn't they just give him ten minutes in the bin? It was as good as a send off. I just thought common yeah. sense could have prevailed. Then they would have avoided all this media storm um, yeah. if they were then going to suspend him for five weeks or we were going to get to the point where we say right at the end of round nine that's the standard for a send-off from here on in that's going to be a send-off and then play forward from that i just thought there was no common sense showed at all 
I'll tell you what, what will happen, the Roosters are going to miss him big time. He's been mm. in a form this year, Graves. He's probably, along with Scott um, from the Cowboys, probably in the top two front rows in the competition with the Townhouse starting to find some form now. But I'll tell you, he's been in sensational form. And um, that game looked like it was slipping from the, the Roosters until he came back on the field the other night. And all of a sudden, even though they didn't score their points while he was on, he, he, his presence on the field these days is... You know, it's hard too because he looked like this year he's been he got all that stuff out of his game, the niggle on the penalties, and um, but because of his such such a bad record, and that's I suppose another point of discussion about the loading and uh, when, how far back do we go and how how much should we judge each case on its on its merits? Why yeah. they, why is there loading? I, I don't understand it. If you do something wrong, well, three um, weeks was from, three weeks of that suspension was from loading. It was yeah, but if, but if I'm speeding down the M4, I get fined, and then I do it the yeah. day after. That the penalty's no no different. That's right. If you look at the the system as well that way, um, if I'm if I'm charged with assault and then I get charged with assault six months later or 12 months later, I think my, 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 my sentence is going to be worse than what it would have been if I'm, it's the first time I've done it. Yeah. I don't agree with loading. I think there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to to judge cases on their own merits because players are being penalised for... We saw Cameron Smith miss the green final because of loading. Yeah, we don't want to say that again. Yeah, and he's hardly, he's hardly a Jared Rear Hargreaves, you know? No, that's, no oh. that's, a, that's a good point. I know that. But yeah. the point I'm trying to make is I don't, I don't want players... Unless it's something that's... You look, you look at a game and you know when somebody should be sent off. As, as rugby league pundits, as rugby league supporters, as rugby league fans, we know when somebody should be sent off. I, I think Richard Fayasso should have been sent off once this year for a, a spear tackle. But out of every other game that's been... And I can't remember an incident where I thought, well, that guy should be sent off straight away. No, I don't think Agro should have been sent off straight away. No, I thought, well, if you're going to go back, I think Fayasso should have been sent off you three know. times. And you know. should have been there should have been four send-offs this year based on what we saw the other night. I reckon you can solve it simply. If you, if I had high someone, everyone starts with a clean record at the start of the year. If I take someone's head off in round one, I then yeah. take someone's head off in round five, I get whatever the sentence is plus an extra game. And then every time you make another offence, it's just an extra game on top of it. So it goes one, two, three, for as many as you as you make. Oh, I can't see why Cameron Smith was, was penalised for something that happened the year before and he missed a grand final. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's ridiculous. Everyone should well, start with a clean and, slate. And, you've got to, and, and I don't even know they don't say. When are they going to come out and say that we do judge different? You know, we do look at players differently than we do some other players because you know players do get targeted. Players get targeted for uh, from referees, and, and rightly so. Like I was, a, I was a player in my career who I knew that if I put my foot um, out of line, any any by any means, that I'd be penalised because I had a reputation of being. A bloke who sailed close to the win a lot. Um, I think Hargroves, mm. you can put him in the same category. Well, Watmo said that to uh, Andy Raymond after the game. He said, you know, if that was Stevie Maddow, he would have got sent as well. I, I had an argument with a bloke yesterday. I said, well, if that's George Rose, Rose hitting Jailbury Hargroves, I don't think George Rose gets sent off. No, that's a good point. I, I think you're right. I think that's. I think if, if that was Mitchell Orbison doing a hit on George Rose, he doesn't get sent no. off. So, you know, it's. Um, I think the, the two cases leading up to it were probably on the referee's mind and and I think we had such a shock because we didn't know that the referees would do such a thing in such a game and, and even though it, didn't, it wasn't the outcome of the game it was, we were still only 8-4 and you know, set off so it could have yeah. went either way but um, we're, we're watching a lot now and, and especially the coaches will be watching a lot now um, 
in particular Jeff Tuby to see if uh, any other teams, oh, I mean, Trent Robinson, sorry, but watching every other game um, really closely to see if there's anything close to what happened on, uh, on, on Monday night. I thought he handled it well as well. Um, well he's, I think he did too. He, he's, he's, a, he's a class act. I think we all, everyone keeps talking about how good the Roosters have recruited, um, and they have. The point of the three best recruit, uh, best players this year are all playing for the Roosters in, in Sonny Bill and uh, Maloney and Jennings. Um, they've had such an impact. But I think the blind here so far has been Trent Robinson. Yeah. He's, he just seems to be such a cool, calm and collected coach. Uh, I like Michael Maguire. And, mate, I, I, I would... If I was a uh, CEO, and we're back to that again, back to being a CEO of a club or a general manager, if you're looking for a new coach or scouting a new coach, you'd have to go looking at the English, English Super League for the young bloke who's, who's come from this system, gone over, done his apprenticeship, and then come back. Uh, because they they come back with a different resolve than, than blokes who just hang around here in reserve grade or, or in 20s, or they go away with it, and they come back with a, a fresh mind and a fresh plate to work with and um, yeah. if Maguire and Robinson are ready to go by I think uh, they're setting the tone for what it's going to be like in the future. I've spoken to a couple of guys that are involved at Newtown in the lower grades at East and they've said the same thing that the thing that's attractive for a coach is you go over there and um, you get a lot more control than what you do at an NRL club here and I have arguments with people all the time or disagreements that, you know, they say, oh, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to coach this club or wouldn't you like to coach that club? And I say, probably not because you're bound by um, the management that's in place there, you know. Like Robinson's come over with, and, and same as Maguire, they've come back with records, impeccable records, yeah. um, and they've been able to say, right, this is the way that I want things to be run. Um, and the proof's in the pudding for that for coaches, I think. It's, it's definitely a way of the future. And, and they, they weren't high-profile rugby league players either. You know, that's the thing. I think, too, they, because they came back with any fanfare, they, they've kind of done their own thing without anybody worrying about or comparing their rugby league playing career to their coaching career, yeah. um, which, you know, maybe a, all good all good, rugby league players, all good first grade, they make good coaches, as we know. Um, but these blokes are certainly uh, a breath of fresh air. I love watching them coach. We'll move on to more pressing issues for us being blue baggers, New South Wales candidates. It's uh, right around the corner. You've obviously found out that Brett Stewart will probably be out and Brett Morris has had a, a clean out. Paul Gallen, everyone still thinks there's a, a bit of chicken being played there in that situation. But uh, obviously very good signs for us with Jared Hayne playing the way he is. Uh, I think Blake Ferguson's been outstanding. And I think that Andrew Fafita and Aaron Woods have to be included uh, as the front rowers along with James Tamiya. Yeah, well, I, I don't know that's a fair yet. Um, I'd love to see him have a, another season like this next year. Um, when I did the first time I picked, I think Woods, yeah, I agree with you on Woods. Um, I actually have him and uh, Tim Grant on my bench. I think Tim Grant, um, not just because I'm a Penrith boy, but he was, you know, he showed last Sunday, I think on Sunday night, at, um, against the Stormy Grant for two, over 200 metres. Uh, that's his first time in his career he's done that. And, he was probably the final of last year's Origin Series with that uh, first run of the, the game against Petro. Um, I'd, have probably, I'd, have, I'd have Gallon in the front row with Tommy Allen. I'd, I'd, have, I'd have Trent Merrin in the back row uh, with Gallon and, and Lewis. Oh, sorry, with Lewis and, and Bird as my, my other two back rowers. I think Merrin uh, deserves his spot in the starting lineup. Um, plus, he can come off and go back on as a front row if needed. Yeah. You'd have what now? Um, I'd have Tim Grant, Aaron Woods, and my utility, I think I'd have either Josh Reynolds, who I'm still a massive fan of, or, or John Sutton. Um, I think Sutton's mm. 
further right to at least be considered at the minute. Um, well, I think you have to probably pick Sutton before you pick Reynolds because Reynolds you sort of handcuffed. You have to play him at nine or you have to play him in the halves. Oh, Sutton's a ready-made lock, he can, and then yeah. he can slide into the halves. I don't think Farrah's going to need a rest during origin. If he gets busted, he gets busted. You know, that's footy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I think we've just got to yeah pick our stronger side and go with it. Yeah, I like I think Hay will be fullback. I think um, I think Ferguson's uh, he's the flavour of the month at the minute. He's going to be somewhere in the back line, probably on the wing with either Yuwaka or Merritt. Um, then you got Jennings and Josh Morris in the centres with the half the halves from the Roosters, uh, Maloney and, and Pierce. I think Maloney just pips uh, Todd Coney who. Has uh, been playing good footy, but because of that combination of Maloney, Pearce, and, and Jennings, I think that's going to be one of our strengths. Yeah, I'm with that. And the Tim Grant thing, like he had a massive game and has been, but for feeder for me, I know I know he hasn't played, and I know Grant had that game last year, but for feeders had over three 200 meter games in the last month, and yeah. no, nothing under 100. And I just think Grant, Grant's a good player, but I always look at us and we've had Manor. Grant, we haven't really had like a big impact front row off the bench. I think Fafita brings us a little bit of something that we haven't had the, the luxury of off the bench. Whether they pick him or not is a different story, and I think Manor or Grant would be a great uh, bench front row. Well, Manor's, Manor's playing a lot better this super, year than what he was last year. Yeah, That's super sure. impressed by Andrew Fafita. Um, but oh, yeah, he's, he's one of the most improved players in the competition, Fafita. Mm. I'm sort of with you on him, MJ. I, I, I said to Louis yesterday, we discussed that. I, I think it's it's been a month, you know, like... Timmy Grant, I don't know. I don't even know whether I'd pick him. I'd, I'd be leaning towards just having Merrin on the bench and have him cover prop second row, as you said. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think the next couple of weeks is going to be a telling story for those players anyway. We'll flick this. Well, the, first thing, the first game is the most important because we've got two at home. Yeah, mm. must be game one. And, look, and some good signs for us over the three. Uh, the Melbourne Storm aren't travelling as good as, as we all thought they would have been by this time. And I think with their workload, you know, these... We're talking about you know, Smith and, and Slater in particular who are, who are getting close to 30 years of age, been playing at top level for the last decade in all, all facets of the game. Sooner or later, something's going to... You know, a bit like we are talking about Benji Marshall earlier, sooner or later, something's going to happen um, where you lose a bit of that zest. And Slater, somewhat this year, Cameron Smith, he can play to his 55 if he wants to. Um, but look, there are some signs. Um, uh, the big polar bear, uh, Ben Hennant's out injured. He's, he's mm. a bloke in origin. He can rely on all the time. And, well, they're, they're, um, they're pretty lucky in that regard. They get Shillington back now. So realistically, he, he moves straight into that starting role. Yeah, I know. So we're trying to pull up the Blues tires here. Come on, you know. I'm trying to give it some hope whatsoever. Of, We've got plenty of hope. At least getting a series. I, I, Maverick, my young bloke's 12. He's, he can't remember the New South Wales winning a series in origin. Yeah. You know, it's... I had no, I had no grey hairs when, uh, when New South Wales last won. So, <laughs> mate, when they did that, I was doing my, I was fifteen. That's how long ago that was. Yeah. So, it's yeah, a, so that's what I mean. It's, it's, the time's right. The time, we pick the right team, and I've got no doubt with two games at home. Um, usually, we've had one, uh, a third game in Melbourne for the last few years. So, with, with two games in the stadium, uh, with. We have a good record against the Queenslanders at ANZ Stadium, so let's hopefully let's hope that that's that's the main ingredient for a win. But um, look, you, you, you can't underestimate the Queenslanders. We're, we're looking at the best Queensland team of all time. A big thank you, as always, to MG for joining us here on the Fifth and Last podcast, especially this week. The big man was really pressed for time, but much appreciated, mate. And you can catch MG. 6-9 on 104.9 Triple M, the grill team, weekdays, and obviously 
on his Twitter, as we've said before, at MarkMJGuy. So now we move on to Mr. Gossip. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. The man who had rummaged through your mail just to find out any details about you, Mr. Gossip. <laughs> How are we, boys? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? Very good. One of your best. All right. What, what, what have you done with your shovel this week? What have you dug up? <laughs> well, it looks like Phil Gould's up to his old tricks. Um, I'm hearing that he's shopping around the Panthers, Captain Kevin Kingston. Now, Kevin, I know, had an offer from the Raiders at the back end of last year, but knocked him back because he thought that he'd have a, you know, a contract with Penrith for a couple of more years and see out his, um, his career there. So he is absolutely filthy and absolutely gutted by decision not to keep him on for next year um, but look, looks like no one's really knocking on his door at the moment let's see if um, the Raiders still have an interest in him well to be honest I'd be much happier with Kingston even though he's 30 he hasn't really had any injuries than having Buttress and Berrigan I'd rather flick those two have McIlrick and uh, Kingston yeah I, I don't know I, he's your club captain That's I find it very strange if it's true yeah, it's, it's true. It's 100% true. I, yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's a real strange one for me in terms of like the philosophies that they've tried to put into place there. So it's is it a money thing or is it is it a is it a we don't we don't want you here? It's more of a we don't want you here. He was he was told. This is what I'm hearing is that a group of players was pulled into a meeting earlier this year. Um, some players were told, look, you're not wanted here for next year. Kevin Kingston wasn't in that meeting, and then the next next hour he was brought in saying, "Oh, look, sorry, yeah, you're not wanted either." So it was a real sort of not personal sort of you're out and you're out. So yeah, pretty poor from from Gus and and I'm. What's your uh, what's your personal take on it? Uh, look, Kevin, uh, great bloke, um, sort of leads by example on the field. I noticed him on the park. Um, he doesn't seem to talk too much. Uh, doesn't play to 80. Um, well, I don't know, boy. He's, he's 30 years old. Uh, I think Seguiara has just come in and just absolutely showed him up. Yeah, but he's they're still going to have to have another hooker. You know, like uh, Seguiara I don't think is going to play 80. So um, there was r- r- rumours that they were going to looking at Matt Keating. So. Yeah, yeah. I've also heard that rumour as well, but I can guarantee you, boys, I'll, I'll bet my left testicle that Kevin Kingston <laughs> won't be in Panthers next year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That right, is still, so. on the Pan- still on the Panthers, boys. I mentioned last week that Luke Walsh is off to St. Helens. That's still on the cards. Walsh sat down with Gus last week and wanted a immediate release. Gus rejected it. Um, as we know, not many clubs have depth in the halves, and Penrith certainly one of them, so... You can understand why Gus said no. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, it's one of those ones where you, you, it's like kissing your sister. You don't, you don't really want to, but um, you sort of have to. So, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, they've got to keep him this year. They have to. They don't have the depth in the halves, and um, as much as they probably would have liked to have got rid of him in November, um, you know, they, they've got to stick with him for this year. He, I thought he was all right the other night as well. He probably one of his better games. He, he played pretty well when they played Para there at home a couple of weeks ago. But it's just few and far between for for Lukey Walsh. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, yep. I'll be happy to see the back of him, to be honest. <laughs> That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Panthers win. Luke Walsh plays well, and yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, all right, boys, Ben Hunt. Now, he's re-signed with the Broncos for the two years, and he's turned down some serious money overseas to stay with the Broncos. Uh, I'm not too sure, boys. Do you rate Ben Hunt at all? No. Uh, not really. <laughs> I, I said we had this conversation a bit earlier that, you know, Prince is going to be gone. He's getting older. They're letting Norman go. Wallace is playing ordinary, so at this point in time, if they, they, they didn't get in the hunt for any of those halves that have just been bought, they really don't have an option yeah, but, they, but, but to re-sign. They don't uh, even play him as a half. They play him as a hooker. Well, he's playing seven this week. So. Uh, like, no. No. I, they don't, he plays 15, 20 minutes a week to give McCulloch a rest when I don't even think McCulloch needs a rest. It's just like, oh, we'll make the interchange for the sake of making an interchange. Yeah, like, you don't have, I don't understand You it. don't have the depth, though. You have to keep him, and that's what they've done. They haven't yeah. gotten the battle to sign anyone. I hope they've got something on the cards, because a lot of their fans are pretty pissed off. Well, yeah. I, why wouldn't you make a play for someone like Sam Williams? Or, you know, any any other up-and-coming half in the 20s or in New South Wales Cup? I think there's better players out there uh, who are looking for contracts than Ben Hunt, put it that way. Mm. Yeah, uh, Cronulla Sharks back rower Jason Bakuya. Now he signed a deal with the Warriors for two years. Uh, Bakuya, fringe first grader, but the Warriors have paid massive money for him. Super overs for him. Bit of a joke, really, boys. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I actually like Jason Bakuya. The only problem is he's, <gasps> he's injury. <laughs> oh, he's a good player, but he's just injury prone. That no, player. I think he's fallen off the map. I. I really rated him probably this time last well, year. How can then? you get a run in a team that bought 7,000 back rows? Yeah, well, it's, like, it's like trying to get a run at the Titans yeah. in the back row. He was in the side last year, and then he got an ankle problem and played probably the last six or seven games. Yeah. He's had off-season surgery, and now he's signed to go elsewhere. I don't really blame him. And even though the Warriors have fallen in a heap. Uh, so what sort of money are we talking Mate, the only the email I got was that it was a massive, massive deal. That's all I got. Well, yeah. Right, they're probably going to let go of Mateo as well, aren't they? Like, he's looking to get out. Yeah, well, Tupou, mate, he was the next on my list. He's he's, he's a goner for sure. Um, Parramatta are looking at him. I think I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. The talk went quite with that, but they're back on again. So he could be at Parramatta. Linking back up with Stuart, who coached him in his See, Rooster day. If I was Parramatta, I'd be going after Mateo. I'd be trying to get Mateo back. No. Um, no. Just no. for me. I, no. I don't know. If I'm Parramatta... I thought I'm, they let him go at the wrong time. I'm hitting Mateo with the stick because he's asking for too much. I'd I'd be happier with someone like a Bakuya than a Tupo yeah. who can't even do a pre-season has knee problems. But at the same token, yeah, well, Bukui's had plenty of problems with ankles and other things. Sure, there's someone else Parramatta can look at in Tupo. Parramatta needs someone like that on an edge that gives them a bit of spark, a bit of points. For me, that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, Fulham Mateo was next on my list. Now, he, he wants to stay in New Zealand. He loves New Zealand. Can't stand Elliot. He's had two big offers from the Dragons and the Panthers. So, look, he, he, might, he may stay in, in New Zealand just for the country, boys. That's what I'm hearing. Mm. Well, that one for me, I, I don't. If I'm the Dragons or the Panthers, I hope I'm getting him at a good price because for me, he's not consistent enough. That's simple as that. Great player, but not consistent enough. Yeah, well, I've just had my say on him. I think he can give you, uh, you know, offer you something on an edge. But as Louis said, he's hot and cold over there. But I think with the right environment, um, good coach, and, and you've seen probably that with Frank Pritchard. You know, he's at Penrith, hot and cold, hot and cold. Very similar to Mateo. Goes to the Dogs, very consistent. So I think. Mateo's just one of these blokes that needs the right coach, uh, the right environment. Yeah, for sure. And the last one I got, boys, 
they were going to play a here who about three or four years ago could command about 180, 200k a year. Now he's all up to about 400k, and that's Bryson Goodwin from the Rabbitohs. He's at the end of his uh, contract with them this year and playing fantastic for the Rabbitohs, especially in defence in the centres. A winger at the Bulldogs. Um, be interesting to see if he stays at the Bunnies boys, but um, I'm not sure if they can afford him. Yeah, I spoke to Brock about this the other day as well, saying that him and Bronx both seem to have that mean streak. Obviously, Bronx has had his own issues off the field and the ACLs, but Bryson, what a step up. He gets off of that centre position. He's great defensively, like you said. He's really aggressive. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm not really disappointed that Dylan Farrell's leaving if I'm South. I think they've found a good replacement in Bryson Goodwin. So you don't think yeah. South will have enough cash to resign him? Uh, well, not, not unless they can find a round paper bag of the casino somewhere. Okay, well, he, can, he can command big money because he's, he's he's been sensational this year. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit fifty fifty on him. I uh, I think he's surrounded by a lot of good players. Yeah, he's doing uh, I wouldn't be paying Farrell's. I wouldn't be paying four hundred k for him. Put it that way. I don't think he's worth that. Farrell wasn't playing well with good players around him, and the other options are Sean Corrigan and people like that. So. If I'm well, I think them, for the Rabbitohs, like he's the right fit at the moment, but he's not the right fit at 400k. No, nah, not at 400k. But I'd be trying, I'd be trying to lowball it a little bit, surely. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether he wants to take that sort of cash and go somewhere else where he's not going to be surrounded by those sort of players because um, he had that real breakout year at the Dogs and then struggled uh, for a couple of years there. And uh, I know he was with South last year, but he struggled there. At, Last year didn't really get much of a run, so it's only been sort of a six or eight game streak. So I wouldn't be paying four hundred k for him. Oh, you know, some club will. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I reckon. Well, they will. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Four hundred. I, I wouldn't do it. But at the same time, I think they need him. They've let, they've let Farrell go. I've said all along they they need a centre. Obviously, the English moving back to fullback is, uh, you know, more potent than they could have had him at centre, but at the same well, time... they've got Dylan Walker there. Why can't they bring him up? Yeah, well, Dylan Walker is a good young player. Yeah, they've got, they've got options there, South, in the juniors. Um, I, I think you'll see him go somewhere else for that price, definitely. Yeah, it just depends who's, who's more desperate for a, for a centre out in the market at the moment. Too easy. All right, we will uh, jump into our tips um, for this week. The uh, current leaderboard, Gossip, you're way ahead, 52. Louis on 40. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 